Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. Tattoos. Tattoos are more popular today than ever before. According to Wall Street Journal, it says nearly half of millennials report having at least one tattoo. Half. Now, say, well, what's a a millennial? A millennial is defined as a person born between 1981 and 1996, which means Brother Phil is not a millennial. Young Daniel Ridgway with no Ian Ridgway is not a millennial. So you just do the math. But half of millennials have a tattoo. That is part of the proof or evidence that more than likely, more than ever, at least in the U.S., they're more popular than ever. Even Dear Abby had a question about it. I'm talking about fairly recently in April the 14th of this year. Mom's unwelcome comments about ink need to dry up. Dear Abby, she says, I am tattooed. My mom always said no piercings other than ears or tattoos while I was under the roof. I got my first tattoo at 22 while away at college. She was a little disappointed. She voiced a negative opinion. I'm 32. Have an above minimum wage job, and my husband and I own our own home. What can I do to get her to stop making these negative comments or could keep them at bay? Dear tattooed, Abby says, what you say to your mother is, you know I love you, Mom. I'm sorry you're disappointed with what I've done with the body that I have. But in the future, please keep your negative comments to yourself because they are hurtful. So, dear Abby's getting in on it. Now, dear Abby's not the Bible. We know that, right? She's not even in the Baptist faith and message. But dear Abby, so she's in on it. She, She recognizes it's a hot topic. It's very, very popular. And then this weekend. The Daily Leader. I like the Daily Leader. I do. It reminds me of the Star Herald where I grew up. I used to read the Star Herald, Tallah County News. There in Kosciuszko. I used to I used to read the Star Herald during uh study hall period. You, you know, when you're supposed to be studying for the class. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. But it helped me learn how to read the way I look at it. But on the, in the clear, in, in the not the clear, the, the the Daily Leader for this weekend. Here's on the front page: young girl dreams of being a tattoo artist. It's hot topic. It's popular. Somebody needs to talk about it. I th- I think we will today. Now. I want to also, I want to share some basic introductory remarks as we get started. 
as one scholar put it, he, he laid out some general biblical principles that apply to getting a tattoo that I think, ooh, that's good. I line up with every one of them. Here's the first one. Children are to honor and obey their parents. Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. For a minor to get a tattoo in violation of his or her parents' wishes is biblically unsupportable. Tattoos born of rebellion are sinful. And all the parents said, <laughs> and are relieved. It's like, whew, I'm glad we whew, didn't know where the preacher was going. Well, don't get too relaxed. Here's another comment. Outward adornment is not as important as the development of the inner self and should not be the focus of a Christian. First Peter 3, 3 through 4, a person who desires a tattoo to garner attention or draw admiration as a vain, sinful focus on self, has a vain, sinful focus on self. Third point here, God sees the heart. Our motivation for anything we do should be to glorify God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Motivations for getting a tattoo such as to fit in, to stand out, etc. falls short of the glory of God. The tattoo itself may not be a sin, but the motivation in getting it might be. And only God knows our heart, by the way. Our bodies, number next, as well as our souls, have been redeemed and belong to God. The believer's body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. How much modification of that temple is appropriate? The question is, is there a line that should not be crossed? Is there a point at which the proliferation of tattoos on one body ceases to be art and starts becoming sinful mutilation? This should be a matter of individual Reflection and honest prayer. Number next, we are Christ ambassadors. Delivering God's message to the world. 2 Corinthians 5.20. What message does the tattoo send? And will it aid or detract from representing Christ and sharing the gospel? And sharing the gospel. And sharing the gospel. I'm emphasizing that for a reason. Let's keep that in mind. And number next, whatever does not come from faith is sin. Whatever, Romans 14, 23. So the person getting the tattoo should be fully convinced that it is God's will for him or her. If you have your Bible, please turn to the book of Colossians. We're going to be reading in chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 in just a moment. While you turn there, let me give you a little background. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the, the, to the church, to Colossae. It was a city important due to its location along with two other cities. But over time, it became more of a, what we would call a small town. But the church, obviously, was very important. That's why, and influential, and needed a word from God. So that's why this letter that Paul wrote that we call Colossians. There was a large Jewish colony. Jewish people were concerned about fulfilling the law, dotting their I's, crossing their T's. 
So there was a large Jewish colony and an influx of various religious ideas constantly drifting into the area where this church was located. Mainly mysticism, legalism, Eastern religions, asceticism, and man-made philosophies that were creeping into the church. Chapter 2, verse 16 said, and says, so let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. And they were to heed verses 6 and 7, which said, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. These verses preceding our text is about the character of being new in Christ, meaning to be gracious and loving and non-judgmental toward things that we may think represent a true believer. So here it is. It says, Colossians 3, beginning with verse 15, be reading out of the NIV. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The peace of Christ. Now, when we're not talking about, before I read on, we're not talking about this kind of peace. Hey, peace, brother. No, no, not that kind of peace. I still sometimes do that. Peace. No, no, this is the uh, New Testament type of peace. A peace that passes all understanding. The term is a term that might use to referee or umpire. And as we have the Holy Spirit as believers and we're praying through something to try to find God's will, God and His Holy Spirit may throw a flag and say, whoa, wait a minute, that could be a check in our spirit. And so, therefore, God has a way through His Holy Spirit, God, to help us understand whether or not to go any further or to pause. So, all right, what's this check? Let the peace of Christ, and oh, but when he gives us that peace, gives us peace to go to the next step, rule in your heart, since as members of one body, body of Christ, you are called to peace and to be thankful the entire time. Verse 16, let the message, the gospel message of Christ dwell among you richly as you reach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs of the Spirit, singing unto God with gratitude in your hearts. So he's saying, we're all about the message. As a believer, Great Commission, Matthew 20 and 18 through 20, share the message, sing about the message, admonish one another, be encouraging, be example for others that don't know the Lord and everything that you do. This example is about singing all kinds of music, by the way, that honor the Lord. And whatever you do, whoo, here it is right here, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Like if I was going to go with one one verse, like stand up and say, okay, the hot topic for the hot summer. Boy, isn't it hot. By the way, yesterday, we've lived in Vegas before, you know, where it's really hot and they say it's a dry heat. I don't really know what that meant. 
But yesterday is like, man, it's hot as Vegas here. It's hot. And it's been hot. And we've dealt with some hot topics. But amazingly and surprisingly, I've discovered this is really a hot topic right now. So we need to know what's going on. But if I had one verse and said, can Grandpa, may Grandpa get a tattoo, which is the title, by the way, in case you hadn't noticed that, I'd pick this one verse and then just go sit down. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. But we're not going to stop there. We're going to go a little bit further. We're going to break down those verses. We're going to look at some other passages. We only have so much time, so in some of these texts, I will reference them. Trust you're making a mental note. Go back, watch it on Facebook, write it down, go back and read it with some of these hot topics. We've done that from time to time. And, I, and, and again, I want to say, may Grandpa get a tattoo. I mean, is it okay? I'm a grandpa. I know y'all probably didn't know that. I'm a grandpa. I'm a grandpa. Got a few of them. Grateful for it. May Grandpa, or anybody that's a believer, but may Grandpa get a tattoo. Let's look at it. First of all, If God gives him a peace about the decision. Let me explain peace a little bit more. The word is an inner calmness in a believer. And when you have it, you know it. And when you don't have it, you know it. But we just don't always admit it. And sometimes we just go right over. It's like, I really want to do this. And I don't really have peace. I'm going to just kind of skip right over. Maybe it'll come a little bit later. But. When we do have it, we're praying through God's will about something. It's an important decision. He gives us a peace. We know know what it's like. Many of you experience that. It transcends all understanding, like human intellect, analysis, and insight. God's peace guards that umpire, referee, believers from anxiety, doubt, fear, and distress. So, for example, you might say, have a ledger. Grandpa, may Grandpa get a tattoo. Let me put the good things that might could happen because of it. And let me put the not so good things that could happen because of it. This could be, by the way, a, a way to handle other major decisions. Should I take this job? Should I go to this school? Should I have this? Should I break up? Should I marry this? The good, this is what I see God do. Lord, help me here. And then these are like, oh, this would be, these are good, these are good, this are not so good. And then the, the peace of God can rule, and he may throw a flag like, whoop, that right there. I need to pause. I need to pray and think through it. You may stop, you may not. That's a way to get to having a peace in your life. So, how do you get there with tattoos? Well, we have to go to the Old Testament, we want to go to the whole canon of Scripture. Old Testament and tattoos, Leviticus 19.28, prohibited them. Said, nope, not those that believe in Jehovah God, not those that are following the law, not the Jewish people. It was likely due to it in that time, that context, that time in history, it was a pagan practice connected with idolatry and superstition. God commanded that his children be different. They were under the law at that time in the Old Testament, New Testament, in tattoos. First of all, I suggest you read Galatians 
sometimes if you haven't. It was written especially for Jewish Christians who added the Jewish law and ethnic markers as part of becoming a Christian. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 2 is an example. And I would remember also on this, 1 Corinthians 9, 12, which says we should not allow anything in our lives that may become an obstacle to the gospel message years ago. A young adult, he's about 21, 22, maybe 25, somewhere in there. It was, it happened, it was in Vegas. Let's just call him Micah because that was his name and is his name. And he came to me. I'd never had anybody come to me for tattoo counseling before. And he recognized I was a little older than him. He said, I want to talk to you about it. I'm thinking and praying about getting a tattoo. I've been reading and praying and trying to get wise counsel, which is good. I'm not sure that I qualified for wise counsel, but I was willing to talk with him and do my best. And we, and we, and we talked about it. And after that, he decided to get one. God gave him a piece. And I asked him a few years ago through Facebook Messenger if he felt it was right And he said, absolutely. That had been a long time. I said, Micah, man, listen. You're Christian. Holy Spirit lives inside of you. I'm not you. You're you. You live in Vegas. You need to pray through it. You need to look. You need to get wise counsel. You need to seek God's word. And you need to at some point see if God gives you a peace to go for it. You're going to have some Micah on either extreme. You're going to have some that says, man, you get a tattoo, you must, you're bound for hell. And you're going to have some that say, man, if you don't get a tattoo, you're not with it. You're not a hip Christian. You see what I mean? You got both sides. Extremes. So he made that decision. I wanted to tell you all, that's what happened with young Micah. So here's what we need to know. We're, we hadn't gone to the second major point. Biblical hermeneutics is very very important. Reading a passage, who was the audience? What was the context? Who was it for? Is it for me now on this side of the cross? How do I apply it to my life? Does it help me bear the fruit of the Spirit with your indicators we're growing and spiritually mature? Or does it cause me to be more religious? It's about a relationship with Christ, not religion. And that's what our desire is as a believer, a born-again person. So we must be very careful. This is how biblical hermeneutics, we interpret the Bible in its original context and apply it to our daily lives. We carry some Old Testament laws forward and some we do not. Due to liberty in Christ, the New Testament declared all foods clean, and yet Jesus still, as the Old Testament did, condemns adultery and that even lusting is sinful like adultery. So know the context of Scripture and do not put your own slant to it to fit your theology. It's God's Word. Our theology needs to line up with His theology based on 
a study careful of the Scriptures and understanding what it means. Having the peace about decisions does not mean others will, even in your own family. I have a recent example of that I'd like to share with you. My wife of 41 years today does not know I'm going to share this, but I feel sure she's going to work with me right here. And right now she's shaking her head like, really? I have dealt with a lot in 41 years. And bless her heart, I've been here long enough that you can tell. She has dealt with a lot in 41 years. Bless her heart. Pray for Kelly. So, You've probably picked up, I'm a dog person. I've been wanting a dog. Hadn't had one for several years. So we've been working through a process together. And I reached a point of having a peace about it. Now, Kelly, it took her a little bit longer. But just recently, she made the turn. And for that, guys, I'm very grateful. And, and, and it's a piece about a decision about a dog. Now, not, 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 there are other weightier decisions, but it's a pretty, you know, pretty important decision. I mean, worst thing that can happen, we get the dog, and one day, what I thought was going to be Woodrow the Wonder Dog turns out to be Woodrow the Weird Dog, and I give it to Brother Phil. <laughs> it's all good. It's going to work out. It's called the sovereignty of God. Still trying to get him to get more than a turtle. <laughs> so, just so y'all know, he's coming. Woodrow Harper Kitchings, the small male Dotson that's cream colored. Put a deposit on it a few days ago. I have a great piece about it. And thank Jesus, my wife does too. Woodrow, the wonder dog, is coming to my house. And you'll probably hear a few things about him from time to time. But I am pumped about that. But it took us a while to get a piece about it. Like several years before, the timing was right and it seemed to be right. It's a big decision. Permanent, sort of, kind of very important, but not actually. When we're making decisions... Some of them are more permanent, sort of, kind of, than others. And you may be able to go back, or it might be, ooh, if I go back on a tattoo, it could really hurt. <laughs> you know, or it could be. So we have to, in all decisions, we need the peace of God that passes all understanding. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Major point number two, if the gospel might be further proclaimed, Let the message of Christ dwell. The Great Commission. These verses deal with the gospel dwelling among you as a believer. And you reach and admonish one another. And here it deals with all kinds of music. The Christian life, Scripture, should permeate every aspect of our lives in our journey. Now, in this particular passage, it talks about music. The gospel message, get it out. Let it be a part of your life. You're saved, 
And that's not the end. That's the beginning of your journey until you go to heaven. You grow. You grapple with scriptures. You, you, you have joy in your heart even in the midst of difficulty. You, you trust God. You, you get to know your church family. You serve in faithfully. You, you walk through journey, uh, journeys with your wife of many years and realize God's grace is sufficient and he helps us. And, and you, you just, it's just, it's a wonderful thing to have a relationship with Christ. It's not an easy thing, but it's a wonderful thing. And I like music. And so, I have done this from time to time, but I've not done it here, but I am pumped about what's about to happen. You see, <clears throat> there were some guys months ago and these are people that don't necessarily sing in the choir, okay? There were some guys that up here in the band that I said, you know, one day we may just sing. <laughs> yeah, but, but no. I said, one day we may just sing because I feel like we admonished or could admonish the Lord by singing. So I, I got some folks I want to invite up here to sing with me, some of our men. Now, some of these guys you don't know have a voice that can sing. So when I call your name, guys, now here's what they don't know. They didn't know I was going to call them up here. I gave them a little bit of hint, a few of them. Hey, like, you trust me? Oh, yeah, preacher. You know I like surprises. Yeah? Okay. That's about it. So some of them say, man, I didn't know. I'm going to say, well, do you remember I said so, you know? So, there is a hymn that I've picked out, and that's another reason, except for young Daniel. Oh, yeah, Daniel, you coming. <laughs> Most of these probably are familiar with the hymns. That's another thing I, 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 I thought about. And then I tried, well, how many do you get? I think, well, seven is biblical, very good number, but I'm going So, here's the guys that I need to start. Please come making your way, Daniel. Tommy, Tommy, I told you. Fletcher, Phil, Brother Phil, Jim. I told you, Jim. Well, I kind of told you. Dwayne, Dwayne used to sing in the youth choir years ago. And then I didn't know Brother David was going to be here, but he told, he said, he's got to come, David. <laughs> so if I've got it right, now I make it eight, but I believe there's several, seven gentlemen they're coming, that are coming up here, and Robert graciously is going to try to help this group. And we are about to sing because of the gospel. Now, I think, you could, I think it might be up there, but just in case, I want you to have a copy. Hi, Brother Phil. How you doing? <laughs> I'll tell you later. All right, good. Now, oh, I need this one. Well, no, I'll come over here in the center. I come over here with that. I think it's going. Yeah. Now this. This here's the other reason. I want you to listen to the words of this. We're going to sing because this is what we used to do back in the day. The first, second, and last stanza. The third stanza usually bless its heart. It doesn't get first, second, third stanza. Now I want you to. Re I know you could be over overwhelmed and impressed with our abilities up here, these guys. But I want you to listen to the word, and I want you to see how. I believe this will be a joyful experience. Make a joyful noise unto the world. You don't know it, you'll know it soon. 
So, Robert, what do you think? I usually go one, two, three. coming. <laughs> I was about to call rehearsal this Wednesday a little early, but I think I'll hold off on that for our, group, our new group. Oh, it's hot. It's hot. I, I think I'm going to take my, my coat off. The song. The song is about celebrating the message, the gospel. It helps. It can help a person in their heart. You can sing corporately or individually. Whatever we do in word or deed, does it, does it bring joy? Do we have peace about it? Is it, a, is it a good thing for those on the radio audience? You may not know that as I took my coat off, there seems to be some things on my arms. Lion of Judah cross is here across 
right there. Little, little cross right there. So those particular, what appear to be uh, tattoos are uh, for the purpose of potential opportunities to share the gospel. 1 Corinthians one eighteen for the message of the cross, foolishness to those who are perishing, those who are being saved, is the power of God. Anybody fainted out there yet? <laughs> I'm just curious. All right. Number three from our text. If gratitude can be expressed from his heart, word or deed, song, gratitude, what a joy, what an opportunity. Sing about Jesus, hopefully admonish and help others. If in living life we can thank God for blessings and freedom, gratitude can be expressed in his heart. That's what the scripture says. This, when it comes to tattoos for grandpa or any other believer, is a personal decision. Can you... You have one express thanksgiving in some way for how the tattoo has been a blessing. There are essentials and non-essentials in life and in the Christian life, meaning there are gray areas. Believers should follow their convictions in this matter, respecting those who may have different convictions. If we come down too hard on people, Christians... With tattoos that do not demean biblical Christianity, it may show our lack of spiritual immaturity than maturity. Watch out for being super spiritual. Jesus had a lot to say to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. We all need to be careful. Now, in answer and conclusion to Grandpa, may Grandpa get a tattoo. I'm a Grandpa, so I'm going to answer this for me as a Christian at this point in my life. Not for other Grandpas. You got essentials, got non-essentials, personal convictions. Here's what I would say about it. I could get a real one before I die, but I'm not at this point. You say, well, why? One, I'd rather wear clothing or shoes or a bracelet and maybe an odd hairstyle that sends a message than something permanent that might lead someone, especially younger, to do something without praying and thinking through it. That's just me. You notice I like to wear white shoes. Not everybody's going to wear white shoes. My daddy would have never worn stuff that I wear. But I do it. I'm free in Christ. I wouldn't have worn that jumpsuit he used to wear all the time. But he wouldn't wear white shoes. 
That's freedom in Christ. Be you. I like to wear bright colors. That's me. Some of you don't. Some of you like to wear a bow tie. I don't. Some of you like to wear ties. I do every once in a while. Another reason I won't right now at this point is I think a temporary tattoo like the ones I have today can serve a purpose. For me, let me tell you what's happened. Let me tell you what what it's done for me at this point in my journey. I ain't dead yet. No, I ain't dead. I checked my pulse. Doing the temporary thing has helped me realize. For me, I don't. I'm not comfortable with it. It's just me. I know by doing the temporary one. I know that's not me. If I ever wondered, I ain't dead. I may change my mind. But I, I, it's just not me. It's almost like these are supposed to wear off in three or four days. I'm even trying to think if I'm okay going to the gym in the morning with it. <laughs> That's where I am. Because I go in the gym. Here's what will happen. This is what's so funny about all this. If I go in the gym, some of the religious folks will think, <gasps> do the deacons at East Haven know what they've done? I thought he was one of us. And then there's others. You know what the others are doing? They're like, yes, the preacher has a tattoo. (laughs) Thirdly, as a grandpa, this question today helps me be careful not to prejudge the reason behind someone having a tattoo. Some examples, my son got one as an adult in the place of wearing his wedding ring because he doesn't like to wear jewelry. And some may have gotten a tattoo before conversion that are just whatever kind of tattoos. And I know I know someone, some awesome people in our congregation and community that love God and have a tattoo or tattoos. Praise God for them. Most of them are used to point people to Jesus. And for that, I'm grateful. You know, I thought, I have thought about this. When I'm dead and they lay in the casket, I thought about putting a tattoo. I don't know if they can put tattoos on cadavers. I told you I was sick or no. No. Something about the gospel, you know. Do you you know where I'm I'm okay? I'm okay or you? I don't know. It's just something I'm thinking about. I know. Y'all may think I'm a little weird. I'm not weird. I'm just. I close with this verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 23, in the message. It says this, message paraphrase. Looking at it one way, you could say anything goes because of God's immense generosity and grace. We don't have to dissect and scrutinize every action to see if it will pass muster. But the point is not to just get by. We want to live well, but our foremost effort should be to help others live well 
too. Whatsoever you do, word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear God, we thank you that you have answers for us in your word to hot topics that we deal with today. If we'll just take the time to look them up, wrestle with them, pray through them. God, help us to be people that love you and love people. And help us not to uh, be prideful or arrogant or religious, but help us to stand on our convictions and not be people of the world. Help us to fear you more than people. In Christ's name, amen. I want to ask you to stand for our invitation. This isn't for, you know, everybody wants to get a tattoo, come to the altar. That's not what this is about. This invitation, as usual, is for those that don't know what it means to be a born-again believer. You might know what it's about to be religious. You may know what it's about to be a rebel, but you don't know what it means to have a relationship with Christ. You've got people here that will talk with you and listen to you and pray with you and share the gospel, the wonderful message of the gospel. It may be you want to make a decision or an effort or, or your first step to join the church. We had a room full today. I'm grateful for Miss Sonia. Had a number of people uh, join and some that are still reflecting, which is fine, but it might be you want to come and talk to somebody about that. It may be some other decision that's going on. If you come to the altar and pray, don't automatically think, well, they're going to think whatever about tattoos. Don't worry about that. We're about the audience of one. If you need to come to the altar, pray about something totally unrelated. Just do what God leads you to do as Robert and others sing for us.